recorded live from Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles in West Bend, Wisconsin. You're listening to Under the Cowl. This episode uh, was named The Rack in the Back, and you'll find out why later on in the episode. Like all episode names, it comes from something that we're discussing somewhere in the episode. But beginning this episode, you would think that we would have named it something, you know, with balls in the title. Because we started out talking about uh, things like meatballs as a topping on pizza. Then we move into gasp sports. Talking about softball, even though it's a briefer conversation. But of course, as is a little bit more typical for conversations in Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles, the store in which this podcast happens, we talk movies, we talk uh, TV shows. It's always weird calling some of these things TV shows because they're not really on traditional TV networks. Because uh, we talk about things like Netflix. Uh, Netflix, people still, I think, refer to as TV, even though it's more internet-based. And they started handing out awards to Netflix original programs and, and projects as though they're cinematic movies that you'd find in a the theater. I'm really surprised that we haven't come up with a, a good widespread term for all the, the different streaming type of shows and programming out there a lot of people just say you know they were watching tv but they're talking about watching something like amazon prime netflix cbs all access uh things things like that which is really not tv and we talk about a variety of star wars stuff kind of centering around a uh, star wars rebels conversation and of course lots of other things uh, before after and during so let's start it off going into, of course, this a Wednesday conversation. So it's myself and Tony, as well as uh, we're joined for a little while by um, Tim, who is a regular customer at the store. So here we are talking about the pizza that uh, we recently picked up with the meatballs for toppings. The meatballs do taste like meatballs. Okay. The pizza. So. So you can taste the difference. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, they they have a meatball taste. So. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, I didn't know that they had meatballs as a topping. I don't know if that's a a pizza topping anywhere else, or that's kind of their their thing. If that's new. Yeah, because normally I don't think we've had too much of a. Like a two-topping choice, like a lot of times I just get sausage no matter what, and then I'm just scrolling through, and then I see meatballs on the list, so I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah they have a really typical meatball flavor, like you'd expect in a bowl of spaghetti or okay, a yeah. of spaghetti or 
spaghetti served in some other kind of dish. I just had one, and yeah. I just assumed it was just going to be larger pieces of sausage, which it is, but taste-wise, yeah. Different seasoning to it. Hmm. I may have to uh, go forth with that idea of the pizzasta. The, the, add the meatballs to a pizzasta. Throw some, uh, some pasta in there. A little parmesan. I got the parmesan crust for that one, so that kind of... There you go. We're already there. That's definitely fitting. The only thing I need now, if I'm going to go a pasta route, is a nice tall glass of milk. So spaghetti and milk is a delicious combo. A lot of times I'll have a glass of milk with a meal at home. And I know I should drink more water, but I, I have a hard time forcing myself to drink water. I just don't enjoy drinking water. Isn't the body already made up of so much water? So that should count, yeah, right? Yeah, I shouldn't eat it. Um, don't want to overflow. But I really don't like drinking water with a meal. Like, I'll sip on water at a restaurant while waiting for my meal. Um, but, I don't know, I, I like something... You know, at a restaurant, I'll typically get uh, like like a... A soda or something like that. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, depending on if I have to drive and stuff, yeah, I might even get like a beer. But that's rare. I'll usually stick mm-hmm. to soda because I'm typically the person who's driving. Uh, and my rule for drinking and driving is uh, uh, for every drink I've had, you know, an hour afterwards. So I can't leave. If I have a beer, I have to wait an hour before I can leave. I thought you were going to say for every mile you drive, you take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, that's my rule for a drinking. <laughs> um, now you talked about you would have water when you're waiting. So just got some water weight. Yes. That's what you're. <laughs> I might have to move uh, seats depending on who's walking in right now. Mm. Nope, you can stay there oh, for okay. a little bit. Hey, hey, uh, how's it going? Hello. You can only stay there for a little bit until you have to get up and get up. Yeah, I have to get up. <laughs> and get, Did I have bad timing get, for get you? Did you spot. just sit down and you're ready to no, have like um, a supper? And then, no, because sometimes uh, another customer, Jacob, will come in on a Wednesday and he'll sit there. And then he plops right down. So oh, okay. He was and almost, he's kind of <laughs> in his chair. I'm so. sitting there, so I was just wondering if I had to get up out of that okay. spot. <laughs> no. You could have stayed right there. How's it going? Pretty good. How about you guys? I'm pretty good. Anything super exciting? Other than finding out that meatballs are an option for pizza at Pizza Hut. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It tastes like an actual <laughs> meatball and not just sausage. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, uh, I'm now the... I transferred to the Sockville... Oh really? To be liquor manager, their other liquor manager got fired, so I was like, oh, I'll take this as a promotion, I guess." <laughs> because he didn't wait an hour for every drink that he had. That's true. He drove. That's, that's <laughs> David's rule of drinking and driving. Not as good as his old rule, though. Take a drink every mile you drive. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, as you get older, you. You change certain things like that. Yeah. 
So you're working there now? Yeah. Start there already, or are you um, in the transition, dude? The, uh, yeah, this is my second week. So. Is it all owned by the same? Or yeah, is it, it's okay. all Fox Brothers. So it made it a yeah, little so, easier yeah. transfer? Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, it'd be pretty... It's pretty exciting. <laughs> At least, I don't have to close anymore, so I'm excited about that. There you go. That was the main... That was the main perk of all of it, so... And what are your Wednesdays like? I mean, you're here a little later than normal, but yeah, is that just a... Um, it's going to be like 7 to 3 will be my normal, yeah. so it's not too bad. Yeah. It's not like 12 to 8 yeah. during comic book yeah. hours that you can't even come to? Yep, yeah. This is our interview with Tim segment on Under the Cult. Yes, you are technically <laughs> on the podcast yeah. right now. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> is there other people at that store that you already knew at all, or you're just kind of jumping um, into new territory altogether? One, one per, <clears throat> just one other person, really. Well, so it's all Mr. Similar. Fig. Yeah. 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 So. I have a new, different boss. He has a different kind of style. Uh, he's a little more approachable in that he's grumpy. So he's more like, hey, you have good ideas? Let's hear what your ideas are. Instead of like, you know, this is the way we've done it since the store opened in 19, since, <laughs> in 1960 or whenever. Since Jesus. Since Hanson's no one did, yeah. Since Jesus died on the cross. and <laughs> Yeah. So. <clears throat> but, cool. Yeah, it's, so it's pretty cool. And we have vacation next week, so. Okay. Uh, no, it's yeah, no, I don't. Is it much different for driving, or just a little? Uh, I live in Jackson, so okay. just twenty minutes. I've been listening to Critical Role a little bit more now, so I'm up to like episode seven. Yeah, so the Crimson like Call Comic Club podcast. That too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe even under the cowl. <laughs> yeah, I've got time for all those podcasts, yeah. but especially those last yeah. two. <laughs> but yes, of course, that's my night. I think on my ride home to cool down, I like to listen <laughs> to Under the Cowl. <laughs> Just nice and relaxed. Don't have to yeah, be you get nervous a, about work. <laughs> you get a little over the cowl on the way to work yeah. and then you know, <laughs> let loose on the way way back. <laughs> I have a fun sports event. I have softball today, so I'll probably head on off. Sports. I'll be back. Sports? <laughs> oh, like those cards over there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you're trading cards? Um, you're playing yeah, cards? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the baseball rookies a from Toys R Us. Sports event. <laughs> yeah, we have softball. And we won't get rained out this week, I guess. So. so are you one of the guys that yells at, you know, people... No, no he's been pretty good. The only year I got fired up was when uh, the other team they threw like it was a it was a common mistake. So the, from the outfield, one dude whipped it in, and it was a wild throw, which happens, and it like hit my brother in the head. Which I was like, all right, well that's that's I mean it's not okay, but it ha it's an accident. But as my brother like he got to third and he was safe, and then he was on the base, and you like take like a moment pause and you think like time is called. So he thought time was called, and then he just walked off the base and like touched his head, and then the third baseman tagged him, and then they're all I'm like, 
That's a real fucking dick move. Yeah, especially after yeah. so, getting hit. And, yeah. See. So that's the only time wa- I really got wild. Watching my brother get hit in the head with a baseball would be a fun sport event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not just baseball, softballs. It's even nice and bigger. Yeah. Like softballs are actually soft. Yeah, never really. But, yeah. It, there's some people at those things are just constantly yelling at the other team, at their kids. Yeah. If they got a kid in there. Oh, which, yeah. And that's not just Little League. I mean, I've yeah, for anything. seen like, <laughs> like older older people get yelled at by their, their parents. Yeah. That they're idiots and whatever. <laughs> and then they're yelling, you know, bad calls. You know, <clears throat> hey, ref, what are you blind? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, this one, when I played barley, this is just a church league one, which makes it even more like. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're which brutal. makes it even more. <laughs> yeah, they're probably really vicious. Yeah. Which made it more awkward when I was like swearing at them after their bad conduct on the field, then, which created my even worse conduct on the field. God damn very, it. What the hell is wrong Christian with you? People? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <Yeah. laughs> but. Yeah. Holy Mother of God, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. It's all right if you just say amen at the end, right? Yep, of course. Yeah. I don't know why I'm talking about... We were down, but wow. Yeah. Had a real Hail Mary at the end. <laughs> random comic now. Did you enjoy that random news when people thought that they were making a comic of Spider-Man 4 with, like, Tobey Maguire's? <laughs> See, when they were doing a countdown for it, you know, right away I was thinking, like, well, I think it's comics related. But then, yeah, just hearing everyone's... Yeah, everyone's blown what? They're going to have a fourth one? And there, yeah, there was, then there was uh, comments about, well, like, but Far From Home's only the second one. So, like, there's people who are just like, <laughs> well, they're advertising the fourth. Yeah. Well, what, tomorrow? Is tomorrow the Well, they're zero? doing a time jump. Today was one, right? Yeah, I think so. So, we'll see what that means tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. Like, after I watched Endgame, I don't think I asked you about it, but did all of Peter Parker's friends, did they all disappear for the like, five five years, or did they... Yeah, I think it's been... explain it? Yeah, and I, the writers were on Kevin Smith's podcast, and I'm trying to remember, because I think they did say that, you know, they all, you know... Just... Very convenient yeah. that that school district just... Yeah. Also, there's part of like half of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the half that were introduced. <laughs> yeah, in half the last of the movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's. I'm sure we'll have some answers in two weeks, or by the time this one drops, we've already seen it. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Do you guys see the Dark Phoenix movie at all? I saw it with Sita, and it was it was, so, it was pretty good. So the fighting nice. was pretty cool on it. I don't I didn't like how it was about Charles Xavier daddy issues, but mm. his daddy issues and Jean Grey daddy issues. But it's so, cool fight. So the alternate title for it was just daddy issues. Yeah. but that didn't have an X in it. So X daddy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, Kurt just saw it. He liked it. 
I saw it twice opening, and yeah, it's better than a twenty-two percent. I, I just said I'm like, if you like the majority of the Fox X Men films, I think you would like it. So yeah, everybody that I have talked to or like seen the comments on their Facebook page or whatever that has actually gone out and seen it liked it. Not too many of them are just giving raving reviews, you know, like it's the best movie ever, but that it's a a good movie. Yeah. You know, worth, yeah, it's, it was worth seeing in the theater. Worth, worth, worth the time and money to go see. Not every movie needs to be the best movie ever. Yeah. That's my motto when they go into yeah. everything. Just like when you saw Hellboy and those other ones that didn't give the true critique the fresh tomato. The only tomatoes I care about are the ones used on this fine Pizza Hut pizza <laughs> on Wednesdays. <clears throat> I introduced my wife to Black Mirror yesterday. She was thought it was pretty intriguing. I've never seen it, but I've only heard about yeah. it. Did you ever watch Black Mirror, Dave? Hmm. I've not. Is that Netflix original or is that no, a... not the newest ones, okay. the, the the OG ones. Just kind of like and each episode's different, right? It's, yeah, it's all it's, separate. Yeah, and it kind of like all has to deal with like with technology. Like, is, is it good? Is it bad? Mm-hmm. But it always has like a trick ending to it. Kind of like thrillers. The Michael Jackson video? Yeah. Yep. When he turned at the end and his I wish, wish there's a Black Mirror Michael <laughs> Michael Jackson video. <laughs> Michael Jackson trick ending. <laughs> that's that's a whole other topic. Well it depends on if it's a kid's movie or not. <laughs> uh yeah. Alright, so I suppose I'll depart. You guys enjoy your pizza? Yeah, enjoy whatever enjoy. books you got. Yeah. See ya. It'll be great. <laughs> See ya. To replenish. So, Mark Miller. Was there some catalyst that you're aware of that uh, was behind him following you on Twitter? So, how it started was, if anyone doesn't know who Mark Miller is, uh, comic writer he's basically written every character one could ever dream of marvel and dc done you know superman to swamp thing from spider-man to cap to creating co-creating the civil war comic uh old man logan being two big staples being a co-creator of the ultimate universe back in the early 2000s basically doing everything he could do in the big two and then moving over and uh working on his independent projects, doing things like Wanted, Kick-Ass, Hit-Girl, the Kingsman books, and, you know, leading into the movies. And then now, like, in these last several years, Jupiter's Legacy, and um, you got your Huck, you got your Starlight, you got your The Magic Order, a recent one, you got Prodigy is a recent one. Last year, him and his wife struck a deal with Netflix, bringing a lot of his independent properties into television and movie development, um, all of which are many plates are spinning right now over at Netflix. And then each year usually has anywhere from like two to four miniseries of uh, pretty much what he says, kind of like 
stealing an artist, cherry picking an artist from the big two and getting like a different artist per book, um, getting a lot of big names there. So that's all kind of the back history of Mark Miller. His upcoming book, Space Bandits, which is in the current catalog for items in August. Um, I'm always on an automatic pull list for Mark Miller. He's never really failed me yet. Um, I've enjoyed a lot of his stories. So when I see he's got a new book, it just doesn't really matter what genre it is. A lot of times, you know, it's a superhero, spy, over-the-top, action type. Kind of fits under that category. Now, does all of his new stuff just automatically come out and say, soon to be a Netflix original? Pretty much. Uh, even prior to the Netflix deal, you know, a lot of people, if anyone had any criticism towards him, it would be like that he only writes to get movie rights, you know, that he's just writing to that. And like, well, he's still writing six issues of a comic and putting it out there as a comic. And then it just happens to get optioned, you know, and everyone's scooping it up. Yeah, he's just writing for a broader audience. God. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how dare he, right? <laughs> and with his Netflix deal, like when you pick up the new books, starting with The Magic Order, um, Prodigy, I get so many of them, but it's also like, I can't think and trying to look to see if there's any on the shelf at the moment, but each one has the giant Netflix logo on the back, and and hopefully that could help, you know, with these showing up on Netflix that... They've been making like movie trailers of the comics and stuff, which is something that you know happens every so often. But you know, hopefully, this could spark some interest. That especially if they're Netflix exclusives, and with them losing Marvel at the end of the year, and like Warner Brothers probably within the next year, you know, having Mark Miller's deep, you know, deep catalog of just constantly making new stuff. That's probably a a good a good business to get into. So with Space Bandits coming out, he had tweeted out uh, the other day um, asking if there was any new comic book review sites that he's unaware of. He has uh, copies uh, of Space Bandits, number one, that he wants to send out to reviewers and get the buzz going, have people talk about it, read it, check it out. And I replied just saying, I'm like, well, I co-host a Crimson Cowell Comic Club podcast, uh, um, I don't know if that counts as review sites. We review. Yeah. It's just not a website for it, you know, like it's not, it's, but, uh, I'm like, not sure if that counts. And then in parentheses, it, but I'm buying the book anyways, just to kind of say, you know, me and him have interacted a couple times. Uh, he's a pretty easy one to, he's got quite a few followers, but he, uh, he's a pretty quick responder and, um, I've met him twice and, there's a story going back to uh, him talking about wanting to get his uh, convince his wife to get an arcade machine in his office, and uh, but she wasn't budging on it. And then I told him how I have an arcade machine in my uh, house, and he replied back and he said he was totally jealous of me. And then to which I said, "I'm like jealous of me. I'm like, well, we could swap lives if you want. I mean." I'll be the creator of Civil War and Old Man Logan and Kick-Ass and all that stuff. A couple years down the road, I got to meet him again in person and uh, had him sign some of the new books. And uh, and then, I, and and then the phone rang and... Pizza break. Yeah, we'll, we'll take this call. You're on the line, under the cowl. Yeah, more. Oh, um, 
you buy comics? This name looks familiar. Thank you for calling Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles. This is David. Okay, bye. Off the topic that we were on, but related to the phone call, this is a great example of why you should pre-order comics. Because here's a guy that's calling just before something comes out or the day that it comes out asking if we've got it, like Superman Year One, which we got and sold out of right away. I'm assuming there is none left. Cause Probably. And it's already on back order status. So, so we couldn't guarantee getting it now at this point. He did the same thing for uh, Deceased. Now he's, he's now added on, but number one, it came out, he called us after the fact, looking for a specific variant, uh, which we had ordered, but I think we only ordered one of them, and we, we were out of that variant, and it got the, uh, the old purple triangle on Diamond site, so we tried to get it, and he's holding out. Uh, it's been about two weeks. He's going to give it a couple more weeks before he tries and finds it on like eBay or something. But now he's calling as we're getting close to uh, Absolute Carnage coming out. Yeah. Now he's adding that on. So this is all examples of why you should pre-order. We should still be able to get him on uh, Absolute Carnage. Yeah, and go yeah. in and up, up the orders, which we've been doing. Absolute Carnage is one that the, the pre-orders went in for it. We ordered what we thought, and then we've had to up it. Uh, I bet we've upped it like three or four times already now, because people after the factor, like, hey, can I add this on? So, pre-order your books, people. Yeah, when those catalogs show up, uh, the same part of the ad or anything, but I do get so excited when they show up because just start peering through. You can see like a week ahead of time online. You know when they start releasing them. You know you can look at them digitally, but I always. Kind of ignore that and then wait until the catalog shows up and spend a spend a little while flipping through and making my choices. And now I have to decide with the uh, phone call: do I edit out the the phone call itself, uh, or do I edit in a voiceover where you know we pretend we're the caller? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's Michael Rookie here. I'm looking if you got any more of that Superman Year One. Yeah, I'd like to uh, get a copy of that and uh, check it out. Gonna have my buddy James Gunn sign it because he produced that movie that was kind of like Superman. It was, uh, but with a little kid, he was evil. And, you know, not really Superman, but he is Superman, you know? Yeah. If you're a Superman fan, I don't know if you're excited to see it or not. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to give Michael Rooker a little bit more credit. I think he's a smart guy, and he probably would pre-order. I probably would. I've been in the game for quite a while, and been part of The Walking Dead, part of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, he knows how it works. Yeah. <laughs> I just make a couple calls, and I know people. But yeah. Yeah, he's uh, probably got a direct line, you know. With Disney now, he calls uh, calls up Walt's head, and <laughs> yeah, 
Catch me into Walt's frozen head. Orders direct. Breaks the source. Larry Poppins, yo. Uh, Mark Miller. Um, the end is getting right there, and this is the perfect American Idol moment when you're about to reveal, you know, the the results, and then right after the break. So now we're back to the Mark Miller story. Um, we had a couple call-ins. Yep, yep. <laughs> And he, uh, so yeah, I had said that and I said, oh, I'm going to buy it anyways, blah, blah, blah. It was about a minute or two later. I get the like notification that he liked the tweet, which like I said, when I interact with him, I often have a conversation back and forth and he's pretty approachable on there. So I didn't think too much of him like, oh, that's cool. He saw it, whatever. And then I got the notification that says Mark Miller is now following you. And I look at that, and I'm just like, well, that's interesting. And I went to his account, and I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, you hit like, and maybe he's doing this. I know he has, like, a super old, like, flip phone. So, like, any interneting he does, he doesn't do much of it. You can tell when it's he's over in, uh, uh, in a different country so that he, his time, like, based on, like, when we wake up, he's probably just getting back from the pub and things like that. And uh, so he probably just gets on the computer just once or twice a day. And I'm thinking, like, okay, maybe he accidentally hit the follow button when he hit like. But I'm thinking, like, even on a computer setup, those two things wouldn't be near each other. But, you know, maybe he went to the profile bio to see, like, oh, who is, oh, okay, whatever. And then went back. And so I always think that if uh, a celebrity has a follow, then it's a mistake. Uh, Jimmy Fallon did it years ago. It wasn't a mistake. Um, it, it wasn't like, uh, eh, I better keep an eye on this guy. Yeah, yeah. Follow him on Twitter. I'm, I'm on a watch list. Well, here, here's what would back up. Oh, yeah, Rudy, my security guy, uh, <laughs> keeping track of your your tweets. Uh, the To prove that he probably did mean it, I, A, I kept, I went to his page and, Kept double-checking to see if he was still following me in case he did realize, oh, oops, I hit the wrong button. And, you know, if he just came back from the pub, you know, he's drunk tweeting and things like that. So, uh, but that was two days ago, and as of today, uh, he is still following me. And I looked at his follow list, and there were three people after me, um, which all have bios talking about that they do a comic podcast and this and that. So I'm like, okay, I think he did mean to do yeah, it. Yeah, he, he wants to know what people have to say about him. So now... You can't talk about him behind his back anymore. When you get a follow back from a celebrity, he is a blue check mark celebrity. Um, big celebrity in my comic book world. Uh, he, to do that, now he had opened up the access that technically I could slide into his DMs, you know. <laughs> going back to that uh, oh yeah it's yeah callback right there yeah and uh and that was on the other podcast it's I think, a right? callback. or was that this one i forget which yeah i can't keep them straight anymore yeah i, I think that was the other one because i think i was talking about some creators and this and that but anyways uh um so if he were to follow me and the other couple uh like three or four other like comics podcast people that could possibly mean that he is setting up 
to get a link rather than like doing an email or something where he could private send the link to the PDF of Space Bandits number one as a review copy, probably have the watermarks on there and all that kind of stuff. And uh, now nothing has happened yet. So because right away, I just kept refreshing my inbox just to see if something popped up right away. But maybe it's something that, you know, he probably he follows maybe about 4000 people, which in Twitter language really isn't that much like on his level. Like he's there's a lot of celebrities that will do like, hey, I'm following as many people as I can in the next hour or something. And you'll see like Britney Spears follows like seven million fans, you know. That's just one of those things for people. Kind of like Jimmy Fallon where he doesn't follow a crazy amount, but he does follow me based off of uh, one tweet that I had sent towards him. But with Mark Miller, seeing that he only had like 4,000 that he follows, to me that's a really low amount of like, okay, he's not just doing like, hey, um, you sent me a nice tweet. I'm going to follow you now. Like, um so maybe he's just got to get all of his uh, ducks in a row as he gets ready to send out a PDF or something, if that's what he's going to do or what. But I can at least confirm that he didn't do it by mistake now that since the other people are on there too. So, yeah. He's just cr- trying to keep track of who he needs to avoid. Yeah. Uh, when yeah it's, it's easier. This, keep, you know what they say? Keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer. That's it, right? Right. That's the phrase. Yes. So. Sleeping with the enemy. Yes. (laughs) Um, So if that, uh, if that isn't, uh, you know, hopefully laying some groundwork that uh, maybe in a future Crimson Call Comic Club podcast, I can get my hands on some review copies because there's a podcast I follow that does get early releases and when they review them, it's a non-spoiler thing, but they say, oh, this book's coming out in two weeks, so it's a non-spoiler review. And I always thought about, like, how do you get into that game? And these people are, you know, this guy has some journalistic credits to his name and stuff like that, this one I'm speaking of from the podcast. But I'm like, how does an average Joe like me who just you know, presses record on my MacBook and puts it on the internet, you know, and um, how do I get into that game of uh, getting the early comics, you know, but so this could be a, the window might be open a little bit, so. We'll have a a whole new segment on on that podcast. We'll do the spoilers, non-spoilers, news, and the advanced reviews. advanced reviews. But yeah, I thought that might be something that I don't know. Like, let's say he does eventually send a Space Bandits number one, which I would send back a question being like, okay, you know, are there certain rules? And since I've never done anything like that, rules expanding to the fact of like, hey, we've got, you know, four to six regular, you know, weekly members or something. Like, is this something that kind of like if we've gotten a review copy through through some local creators and things like that is it something something that we can all share so we can all collectively talk about it in a non-spoiler reaction or if it's you know just meant to be like hey you know just don't because right away i'd just be like well i'm not someone that's going to be <laughs> thrown around and 
saying, hey, who wants to read this? Because look what I got. I got this Netflix Whoa. comic. So it's like, free. You want a copy? Yeah. I know a guy who knows a guy He's who owns a printer. PDFs. <laughs> handing them out on our front steps. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, it could be the, the opening, uh, one door opening into a interesting opportunity for the Crimson Call Comic Club podcast. It's also the, uh, the start of your own uh, comic book company, uh, PDF Comics. <laughs> It's pretty damn fine. Comics is what it stands for. It's not the PDF that you think it is. Although it is. Okay. <laughs> I was kind of impressed how quickly I came up with something that actually made sense. Usually I, I'm good with the first two, but if I were to come up with a third one, that's where I fall flat and then it's something stupid. But thankfully you said PDF comics because all of a sudden I'm like a PDF, you know, pretty damn. Yeah, and pretty then I'm like, damn but I'm like, froggy. I'm like, how do I get comics into the, with, Using an F, and then I'm like, oh, wait, you said comics, so pretty damn fine comics. Pretty well, this damn. is under the cowl. We're always finding ways to fit in a, an F in a <laughs> comics conversation. Yes, yes. But yeah, it'll be exciting if it happens. And Yeah, I think, uh, I think the store has been sent a PDF once, maybe twice, to kind of look at something uh, ahead of time, but that's always been from uh, either well, not really self-published people, but like really, you know, small scale indie, yeah. indie titles. Not like a Mark Miller type of like, like for me, he would be on my Mount Rushmore of comic creators. Um, yeah, plus if he self-published something, it would still probably be Elevated above like other self-published, himself publishing something would probably be at a higher level than some of the indie publishing companies. Yeah, because there's a lot of them out there that you haven't heard of, or you kind of heard of, but really don't know anything about them. You know, you just happen to come across them while paging through the previews catalog or. Um, or we got some just really obscure comic that we put up on the rack. It was from, you know, PDF Comics or something. Like Whirlpool Comics. Like, oh, I didn't even know they were getting into the comic game. GIF Comics. <laughs> Great, independent, fine comics. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my Mark Miller story. So, and since then, every now and then, I, I, I used to do it where I almost, I, I basically tweeted a non-spoiler review on my Twitter feed for each book I read that week. Like, usually like the top 15, because out of a stack of like 25, by the end of the week, I'm just like, eh, I just do, you know, the, the big ones that I was excited to read and whatever. I used to do that, and I didn't really get just too much response from it. Did all the hashtags and things like that, but so every now and then it's just a little more off and on. Like I recently talked about the the Vader down that I bought maybe a month or so ago back from here. I bought the slipcase and um, Vader down, which was the IDW IDW Marvel Disney yeah 
Star Wars adventure line of comics. Um, it was uh, well, you, oh, not Vader, now Vader's no, castle. Well, yeah, Vader's because castle. it's because you got uh, Dark Horse <laughs> Disney and IDW Marvel. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, Vader's Castle, not Vader Down. Vader Down was a crossover from a couple years ago. Vader's Castle is a horror-centric comic, five issues. Uh, Francesco Francavilla did the cover art. He didn't do the interiors, but they got artists that kind of had a Francesco uh, style to it. So it was, uh, like the Afterlife with Archie, the oranges and, oranges and the blacks and you know the dark tones and... It followed a rebel crew that, in the I think it kind of it kind of spans throughout the Star Wars universe, but it all they they crash land on Mustafar, and they're looking for uh, they have to get inside find protection because their ship's like overheating and blowing up or something, and and they got a couple people on their ship that are kind of freaking out and. They're like, well, this is kind of like a story that I heard back in blah, blah, blah. And each issue was a standalone flashback story to something that we haven't seen before. But they went back to uh, the Rebels TV show and they had a Kanan story that, you know, with his crew, Kanan and uh, who's the green chick? Hera? Yes. Yes. Um, Not, you said Kanan and I wanted to say Abel. <laughs> Kanan and Kanan Abel. And- he has too many ants. Kane Kanan Kane Kanan Abel. That's his full name, Kanan Abel. Pizasta. Um so they had a story about that. They had one dealing with the Ewoks, they had one with Han and Chewie, um, they had one with Obi Wan and Count Dooku. And while each issue was a standalone flashback story, it overall, like, that you saw their journey as they're going through this castle, not knowing that Darth Vader, that this was his home. And uh, each little, they learn something from each tale that's being told to kind of come to the conclusion in issue five. And that was a pretty good standalone read. And, uh, you know, I don't know much about Rebels. I haven't watched all of it. and But all these stories were just very, like, it's just like they weren't rooted in continuity of just being like, okay, I have no idea who these characters are and what this means. Like it was like telling a campfire story about, you know, random like, oh, there's this guy named Billy and, uh, you know, he, he had a paper route and blah, blah, blah. Like when you tell a ghost story, which that ain't one of the, my strongest ones. Uh, and then there was a hook oh, in the car door. Yeah. Yeah. So it was basically that kind of setup, but in the Star Wars universe. And so I bought the the Vader's Castle just because it was something that I passed on originally. And then when I saw there was a a slipcase release of it, uh, I I liked the And then it had Francesco's art on it and stuff. So I was just like, yeah, I definitely need that in the collection. And uh, yeah, it was a good read. And then they gave me a sketch cover variant of the first issue as well so in the future i might just have ryan brown draw something stupid star wars related so incidentally you should uh catch up on rebels yeah i have i have season one on blu-ray it's uh it's good and the further into it you get 
you know, kind of the, the better it gets and the more connected it gets. Because um, it starts off, for the most part, kind of being its own thing. I think pretty quickly they start throwing in, like, some guest appearances from uh, some of the the main Star Wars universe uh, cast of characters um, or things being mentioned. But it gets to a point where seeing these characters, uh, you know, from other Star Wars you know, movies and stuff becomes like every episode and it's, they get closer and closer to the Star Wars, uh, the new I guess, I guess Rogue One, or Rogue One, Rogue One yeah. because, uh, cause Rogue One, and you, have Saga you actually have some things in Rogue One, um, that uh, that are kind of rebels. Some of them are rebels. Easter eggs. Easter. Chopper. Chopper. Yeah. Appears in it. Um, Hera is paged kind of over the uh, intercom. Wonder if I caught that one or not. Yeah, they actually uh, they actually uh, page her. Is it in that three PO R two little cameo part, or is it a different? I'm trying to remember now. Okay, that was towards the end, I think. So. But, but yeah, I think it is because that's where it ends, yeah. and when they're getting ready to do stuff, like when they're on Yavin Four, Wedge becomes uh, a character in in the show. They kind of wedge him into the yeah, continuity he gets, he of gets the show. Wedged in there. Does <laughs> Parkinson show up anywhere? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Maybe, but there are. Uh, there's some characters that uh, pop up in it that were used back in like uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Wars, and then there's characters that are used uh, from A New Hope and, and beyond. Um, and I think even like well, Saw Gerrera, I think actually first appeared in uh, Clone Wars. Oh, okay, yeah. And then he comes back for Rebels, and then eventually he makes his live-action debut. But yeah, there uh, there's a lot of connective tissue. So the first, you know, the first season, there's not really a lot, and it's it's its own thing, and it's really focusing on getting to know those characters. And then, uh, you know, season two starts a little bit by season, you know, three and four. It's it's you know all in there. It's a it's a Star Wars. I don't want to say it's a Star Wars cartoon. It's part of the <laughs> Star Wars you know yeah. universe, and you 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 feel it. Uh, you fully realize that when, when watching any episode of it. That it's not just some kid show. That's just. And there's a lot of uh, stuff with uh, Mandalore and Mandalorians in general. Um, so. If you're going to watch The Mandalorian, yes. uh, Rebels gives a lot of good history on Mandalore. Uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars I delved into it a little bit um, in, in some of its uh, stories, but uh, you get a lot of it from, from Rebels, so it's good to get some, some backstory on that. Uh, there's, I've heard rumors... Mandalorian that uh, that a certain rebels 
character who might be Mandalorian mm. might make some sort of appearance in the Mandalorian. And you got Dave Filoni, who's a creator of the Clone Wars and Rebels, and he's a producer and he directs on the Mandalorian, so there would be some further evidence that that could um, be possible. And uh, Cassian is getting a yes. show that's a prequel to Rogue One. Um, and I could, because that you would think would take place more around the same time period as Rebels, because Rebels takes place leading up to Rogue One, mm-hmm. and uh, his solo thing will not solo? not solo, but you know his. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta choose your words wisely yes. um, when talking about Star Wars. But uh, the Cassian project uh, yeah. um, should be happening at like around that same time period. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm not going to give spoilers away for Rebels, but there are some things that they don't just, you know, that don't just add, that go on. But, you know, you can figure some questions will be answered in future projects. Um, they knew that, uh, I can't think of his name, the guy that runs, uh, he did Star Wars The Clone Wars, he was behind Rebels. Filoni. And now he is doing... The, yeah, the, Dave Filoni. Yeah, so he's doing the new one. It, um, they knew that there was going to be another project yeah, yeah. after Rebels, um, but a lot of people didn't know what. So uh, I think a lot of people thought, okay, well, it's going to somehow continue, and we'll find out what happens to uh, some of the characters that we didn't learn, you know, what their fates were in in that future project, but that future project ended up happening around the time of the resistance. So it was much further on. And, uh, that's a future project that takes place a long time ago. Yes. So I'm not, I'm not sure if they will answer those questions, but they could potentially answer some of those questions in, um, things like Mandalorian or, in, uh, is there a title for the the Cassian? I don't think there project? is one yet. Not that I know of. Star Wars: The Cassian Project. Yes. And when you were talking about you know watching them, you know I have season one on Blu-ray, got it on a deal. You know when I when Freddie Prince Jr. got a podcast, started listening to him, and I knew he was a voice on there, but just hearing him talk about it more. Uh, regularly and then i kind of started getting excited about him being like i never watched too much star wars animation since like the droids and ewoks like those are my that was my jam and of course the animated short in the uh star wars uh holiday special and uh but with disney plus coming up i'm fairly certain that all seasons of the clone wars and rebels all that stuff is going to be on the disney plus subscription which I am, that's what I'm kind of planning for. So Mandalorian episode one drops when Disney plus drops. And then, uh, and my plan, cause I've seen the only clone wars I've seen, I've seen the, when it was the shorted, the shortened 15 minute episode clone wars before it became okay 
the half hour or right when it I don't was, know if it's a half hour or is it an hour. Uh, half hour episodes, okay. but yeah, it was just the the, sh- the shorts. That yeah, is it like went, Cartoon together. Network uh, or something or whatever it was. Yeah, what is it? What's his name? Gendy Tarkovsky or whatever his name is. Uh, that did a lot of the Cartoon Network cartoons at okay. that time. He had done um, the original Star Wars, you know, Clone Wars uh, uh, animation that was supposed to explain some of the stuff that. Um, that happened during the Clone Wars, and I don't know if any of that stuff is like canon. Canon? Canon anymore? <laughs> um, like uh, the the longer you know series, uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, that is considered canon. And I think initially the the original Clone Wars animation um, thing was uh, was canon. But I had heard somewhere that the that, that early one with the shorts um, was no longer the shorts. Canon. Yeah. I just pictured like the canon shorts. Hawaiian Can- shorts. Canon shorts. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure if that, uh, if that remains canon or not. Come November, that's my plan is to start at the Clone Wars and just do all that catch up of things that I haven't seen. There's bits and pieces I've seen, like with uh, a Darth Vader scene squaring off against uh, one of the newer animated characters or a character introduced. Like, I heard people talk about that, so I've watched that scene on YouTube just because I'm like, oh, I want to see that. And So there's certain things I've dipped in and out of, but I haven't watched it fully. And, And there are things that I had seen before watching, or I still haven't seen all the episodes of Rebels. Um, Clone Wars, I've really only seen an episode here, episode there, bits and pieces of certain episodes. Uh, I just don't have the time to go back and, and watch the whole thing because there's like, because there like seven seasons or something like that. At Eight. least five, I know. <laughs> there's like 20 seasons of it. Uh, because there was the final season that was on uh, Netflix because it got dropped, but they hadn't really finished it. Um, so it wasn't on Cartoon Network. And then for whatever reason or whoever was behind it that decided that uh, they would do a final shortened season on Netflix to kind of wrap it up. Um, and... Uh, Finish off all the dangling story threads that wouldn't be um, taken care of in like episode three, the movie episode three, not you know episode yeah, three of the okay. cartoon. Yeah, I, uh, and is there new? Is there like a Clone Wars movie or a new season or something that's dropping with Disney Plus? I've got. Um, I'm going back on my list when they announced all the Disney Plus stuff. I think it happened right before Star Wars Celebration because they had some Disney thing that they were all at. So I'm going back to my file to get the actual list here. So I'll have that answer in a very short second. And of course, there was a Clone Wars animated movie also. That I did see because that was a theatrical one. That was connected to 
the uh, the cartoon series. So here we go. I went back to April to get. Um, so all the episodes of Star Wars that have currently been released are listed. Um, Star Wars Clone Wars animated series is listed. Uh, let me see where I'm at here. Yeah, I can't. Okay, Star Wars Rebels is included. Star Wars The Clone Wars series. So there's two different. It says Star Wars The Clone Wars in parentheses animated series. And then it says Star Wars The Clone Wars series on two separate okay. news. So I don't know if that's the, the two separate, like, if that means those shorter ones. If yeah, that might be both. Uh, I think they were pretty much titled the same thing, so I don't know how how they're distinguished in name. But anyways, no shortage of uh, Star Wars when it comes to everything. Upcoming Star Wars show coming to Disney Plus confirmed and rumored. The Mandalorian is definitely happening. Rogue One slash Cassian Andor prequel is what they're calling it. The Clone Wars. So fans of Star Wars animated series, The Clone Wars, were elated to learn that Lucasfilm intends to revive the series. The Clone Wars Season 7 will consist of 12 episodes which will air exclusively on Disney Plus. This announcement was a major win for fans who never got the satisfactory ending that the series deserved. The Clone Wars was first introduced as an animated feature film in 2008. And it uh, talked about the Cartoon Network moving to Netflix for a sixth season. Um, okay, and I thought that's what that season on Netflix was supposed to be. Um, I hadn't watched it, so but I thought that that was the intention of that, was to kind of like wrap it up. But apparently, they weren't able to do it in just that one season. So, so yeah, it looks like we are getting a season seven, 12 episodes that is exclusive to Disney+. Plus. And that, now I'm remembering, is I think they had a, a Sunday panel at that con. I didn't go to that panel, but Filoni was there, and uh, they had, uh, I think that's where they dropped the Star Wars, Clone Wars, Season 7 trailer or something. so Something I didn't watch, knowing that I was eventually going to be catching up. And that's also where they announced um, the next Star Wars uh, holiday special. Yes. Yep. They're, we're getting a trilogy Star of Wars, holiday specials. Star Wars, the holiday special, the animated series. Yes. Um, yeah. It seems Star- like they might be stretching it out a little too much, but we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm willing to... To stick it out and see where it goes. It would be kind of fun to get a uh, a Star Wars animated uh, project of some sort done in the style of <laughs> of the holiday special animation. Yeah, I mean to kind of pick up on that to get to give us a uh, another elongated faces and right, just the the ridiculousness of, of that. <laughs> just that same style. We're just you know, here's this animated project and. Uh, Maybe it's a sequel to that short cartoon uh, that was done on that holiday special. We should start a Kickstarter and a hashtag. That's an idea. And say, if they don't do it, we're going to boycott Disney+. Plus. You know, I was just going to completely remake 
uh, the the movie that ruined my childhood. Yeah. Uh, and then I realized that my childhood hasn't actually been ruined yet. My childhood hasn't actually ended yet. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, still going. <laughs> so, uh, so I can't do that. That's usually a response I give when people say like, "Oh, ch- childhood ruined." It's just like, well. You're still in it, so there's still time. Yeah, typically, if somebody's childhood's been ruined, it's because they, well, you know, became a adult, whatever that means. So. Yeah. Speaking of Toy Story Four comes out at the time we're recording this, and I'm super excited. I got my opening premiere tickets, so. I'll be the one dude sitting there while everyone else, well, the other dudes probably are taking their kids and family and stuff, but I'll be the guy that, uh, you know, they're like, hey, don't don't sit by that guy. He looks weird. Yeah. I don't see him with any kids. Why is he Summer, here? it's hot. He's wearing a trench coat. <laughs> Got a bunch of candy inside the trench coat. Drove up in a white van. Lives down by the river. Those hot leather trench coats. Like. <laughs> but also, uh, Child's Play comes out, which I think is a genius that both Child's Play, the remake, and Toy Story 4 come out. And did you see any of the... I, I, I just wish that Mark Hamill were doing a voice in uh, Toy Story 4. That'd be pretty great. Because uh, him voicing a, a character in there would just be awesome. Did you see the great uh, um, posters they've been doing with Child's Play? And uh, knowing that it's coming out the same day as Toy Story? Uh, I I did see that one. I've got five uh, of them. Oh, are there that many of them? <laughs> they've been which, doing them like every week. I've... So I, okay. I have them queued up here. There's one reason why you come here in the store so you can see this visually. But yeah. we have one with, uh, you know, we got... Chucky holding a, a bloody hammer, this bloodstained hammer, cracking open a piggy bank. Uh, kind of looks uh, maybe like a familiar ham character. And then you got another one with uh, him with a lighter, and he is uh, torched a T-Rex. Emphasis on the Rex. Yeah, and it uh, it looks like you can see the outside, but torched the... Uh, Basically, like interesting a, to see that the toy uh, T Rex has a, has a skeleton. skeleton. <laughs> um, he turned him into a, like some Jurassic Park type. <laughs> yeah, he's basically it's a cross between Rex from Toy Story and a fossil structure right. you would see inside Jurassic Park. Um, then you've got uh, another oh, same one. <laughs> see, now that's the one, one that I've seen. That's yeah, this is Chucky holding a ray gun, and uh, I'm going to say Ray because, you know, he had Charles Lee Ray, which is what he was in the original movies. Don't know if that's the name they're going So any gun one. that Chucky holds <laughs> is, a, is a ray gun. Is a ray gun, yeah. But this is a, a space gun for maybe a space ranger, um, somebody here, and you just see a helmet that's cracked open, and then you see a very familiar-looking bottom of the foot, you know, leg... Uh, these are all like you see just the hand some holding sort of a, a weapon. Clear plastic bowl. It looks like it could maybe be maybe like this a is spaceman's helmet of 
unless this is getting ready, we got Mysterio coming out in Far From Home, so it's oh, playing some. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Definitely not Buzz Lightyear. Uh, then we've got this one. Nice and now, I, now I want to see Mysterio <laughs> say to infinity and beyond. <laughs> now we have another one where uh, oh, he's uh, he's got a little weenie roast going. <laughs> yeah, roasting a roasting a hot dog. Yeah, uh, Slinky. Um, you know, supposedly it's a Slinky dog um, over a nice campfire there. But uh, yeah, a little weenie roast. That and I think there's one more. Which uh, yeah, save this one for last here. Uh, our favorite deputy is <laughs> now we see the foot of uh, Chucky walking away, and you see a an arm, a cowboy arm, a flannel cowboy arm, kind of holding on to a very familiar cowboy hat. It's got some of the stuffing come out of it. There's some blood stain streaks going on there as well. But I like the idea that they definitely came up. And and in this last one, they kind of leave a little bit of a mystery as to what he actually did yeah, yeah. to that toy. <laughs> the other ones, it's pretty clear, you know, what's happened to him. This yeah. one, they, they kind of leave it up to your imagination. I gotta say the weenie roast is probably my favorite just because it's... <laughs> it's almost, I think, the most sad one. Because <laughs> the other one, well, I mean, you got a pig, you know, pig roast, you know, whatever, whatever, you know. Yeah, hot dogs, weedy dogs, things like that. But I mean, it's just seeing only half of Slinky Dog, and then <laughs> plus it's very violent. The other, the others, like you're seeing, you know, there's a little bit of charred aftermath going on with with Rex, but all the other ones, it's mostly like the aftermath. But with this one, you're seeing it in the process. Yes, that, that's true. It's yeah. So anyways, uh, you know, I usually say when people talk about like, you know, what's good for kids and, you know, and kids will come in here and you're wondering, you know, about like, you know, what comics are appropriate. And it's usually the parents, you know, decision because, you know, what does the parents allow? And I usually end up saying, I'm like, well, I was watching the original Child's Play when I was like five. I always remember watching that and I just never really had any boundaries on what I was allowed to watch, I think with being the fourth child and maybe I often say, maybe they just kind of like, you know what? You made it through the first three and this other one that'll just, we made it this far. Maybe they, you know, I don't want to say give up because I had a good childhood and all that stuff. Um, wasn't ruined by a star Wars movie, you know, 30 years later or anything, but the, uh, I think that I was probably one of the, the better behaved, children so i think i was more trusted on like you know that i wasn't going to act out and so i was allowed to watch pet cemetery and child's play two movies that coincidentally both have remakes this year um along with a bunch of other remakes but But child's play it's a toy story for adults yes so if that's not on one of the posters someone should be fired and you should get money for that so because the wording of that is pretty great so toy story for adults um so yeah child's play one two and three i think are really good because it still keeps with the horror 
I remember in the third one, like when he was out, like he was at some kind of like Andy was at some kind of his name's Andy too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, the little kid in Child's Play, his name is Andy. And then yeah, Toy Story is Andy as well. So that's interesting. So Andy is at the he's at some kind of like military school training camp, summer camp thing. And there was something where Chucky followed him there and then he replaced all of the paintballs with real bullets. So when all the kids went out to play paintball. Right, because uh paintball guns and <laughs> real you know, it's guns the same. Are, they work exactly alike and you could do that. Yeah. In a <laughs> fictional world you can. Um I'm pretty sure it was paintball, uh but anyways, it's been some time since I've watched that, but so I think even on the third, up to the third one, they're like still like, all right, we got this. It's still a horror movie thing because once you get into the next one, then they start getting very parody themselves, making fun of it, and you start getting you know the bride of Chucky and the seed of Chucky, and you just they just keep going, and you definitely know they're just they're very aware of it. the grandkids of Chucky. Yeah, yeah. See, and then they had just. Chucky, I think it was called. And that one almost kind of reset things. I think it was still part of the same connected world, but it was a soft reboot within the universe. And I think that one was really good. And then all of a sudden, this was announced, and I think there's still a development for a Child's Play TV series that is separate from the people making the Child's Play remake. So I don't. I think maybe the original movie people might be doing the TV series. Child's Play, the animated series. <laughs> it's the, the version for kids. Yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was gonna go see it anyways because it's what I do. But then when Mark Hamill was announced as, as the voice of Chucky, the Buddy doll, it's not a good guy doll. It's Buddy with an I, I think. Um, it's basically if like Siri, Alexa, those kind of Amazon Echo. That's I think is the kind of technology that's being used within this doll. Um, so you know they modernize the yeah, right yeah because because now you can just be Chucky turn off the lights yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if that's a feature in there. Chucky. Set some mood music. <laughs> and then you just hear, like, you know, some John Carpenter <laughs> soundtrack or something. So um, so I was going to see it anyways, but I think once Mark Hamill announces the voice, not only was I more excited, but I think collectively, I think a lot more people were now open to the idea of the remake. And being like, well, Mark Hamill's part of it. Yeah, exactly. Now Chucky's going to sound like the Joker, so... <laughs> And there was one, I haven't watched much about it, like, normally I devour all the trailers of everything I'm about to see just because I'm excited, I'm going to see it anyways, and blah blah blah. And even though I'm excited for Child's Play, it was one of those that I haven't seen much from it, I haven't actively gone out. And I remember you hear his, like, laugh at the end, and it didn't sound like Joker, but it was a very, it was a very small clip of laughter. So it'll be a surprise to me when I watch it to actually hear what he sounds like, because I think there are a couple of clips that are out there now, but I haven't seen anything yet, so or heard anything rather. But I like the idea that I can see Toy Story Four and Child's Play in the same twenty-four hour period. So yeah, 
I'm just trying to think of other things that he can say. <laughs> I am a buddy like my father before me. <laughs> and I don't have much experience with that. Because they can do that as a follow-up. Child's Play, Return of the Blood Eye. Blood Eye, because it's Blood Eye. And then I hope the Blood Egg Lunch Meat Company can get into that game of promotion. <laughs> That's what I thought you said at first, the way you worded it. Return of the Buttig. I'm like, what? I don't even know if that's how you say it. Booty, Buttig. But, buddy. But, but the, but the lunch meat. But, I always said Buttig, I guess. The B U D D I G, I think it is. Yeah, sounds right. Buttig. I could ask my meat department that I, they might know. It's a good follow up to a horror flick is, uh, lunch meat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you'd think they do that for, for marketing purposes more often. You know, do most. Having, uh, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then there's some promotion at, like, your local butcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a nice crossover. You get a post in for the final hour. So it's interesting when it says that my camera roll has zero photos, um, which, based on this podcast, we know is not true. And that's the real answer, huh? It takes have zero. Once in a while, it does that where I just have to close out of Facebook and open it up again, and then it just registers my phone. But I'm trying to post a picture for the the page here and here and there. now it's uh, I don't know if it'll say. Yeah, it doesn't say the numbers offhand here. Well, one thing, uh, if we can check on Diamond, uh, my friend who's getting the Buffy stuff, I showed her that there's Firefly comics as well, and she's like, okay, yeah, I want those. And I was trying to look on here, and I don't know if there's any, she was wondering about trade paperbacks. I don't know if there's a possible hardcover that's out there, and they didn't do paperbacks on that. So it'd be the Firefly... New Firefly Boom series. It's not the ones that are the the legacy Firefly stuff from Dark Horse. But I did a previews world search and uh, I didn't see any trade paperbacks, which is odd. That they just jumped possibly right to a hardcover that uh, she was possibly going to follow it through that way every time. So we got Firefly Unification. Hardcover. And that's out now? Uh, yep, that came out uh, two months ago. Okay. That one's a legacy one, the third one down. Is that the next collection? Looks like. Hardcover volume two, yep. And that comes out in December. And that's page 101. So it's. I want to click on that top one to see how many issues are in there. Might say a little more. So one through four, which would typically be around sixteen without tax. So I guess a hardcover version of that isn't too, because normally you don't get a, like a four issue like trade of something. But because I'm going to see if she wants to get them that way. Um, I assume like if you put in Firefly number one, I don't know if they've done multiple printings that if some of the lighter ones are available. 
if she didn't want to go a hardcover route, even though like money wise it would actually wouldn't be that bad. So I'm assuming that one's probably so just the stuff that's available currently. So even like, like back issues. So yeah, back issues don't look like uh, they'd be available. Um, yeah, because even like third printing is purple triangle. Oh, okay. So that hardcover route is probably the most convenient way. So yeah, I'm going to check with her once and see if she wants wants that ordered. Is what's a comic typically come out to? Non-discount club thing, like like four and a quarter, like yeah, it's gonna sell three ninety nine most tax. Uh, that way, if I say that rather than that way, I can kind of give her some comparison to if if she wanted to commit to a hardcover. Four twenty one. Excellent. Yeah. This is giving her the uh, the options, as I explained with the legacy ones of the old Dark Horse stuff of a volume being pre-movie. I think there's two volumes post-movie, and some of those are written by Joss and blah, blah, blah. And then I just pitched the current stuff that's executive produced or just approved or... In association with, or it's got the Joss Whedon seal of approval. I guess, yeah. So we'll see what her answer is here. But yeah, she's been liking the the Buffy ones. Her first time, like reading like serialized comics, and she said that uh, her only complaint was that she wishes they were longer. And then I explained that's when I dropped the trade paperback knowledge of like, oh, sometimes people will. Get them in a collection, you know, and you just have to wait a little longer. But you often get a price break. Um, but yeah, but she also likes the anticipation too that you know, right? It's no different than you just have to wait longer of getting an episode, you know, rather yeah. than a week. And I like reading a few issues of something at a time. I used to do it all the time, way back when. Bought comics like you buy buy comics now. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to get them all read, so I take certain things and I'd, uh, you know, I'd read a run of you know, chunk of maybe this week I had you know three issues of the Flash to catch up on, so you know, so I'd read three issues of that, uh, and then I'd read a few issues of something else. And there were things that I just I couldn't help myself. I would just read them as they came out. Um, I have a couple things like that if I know a series is ending like an independent series where I know I'm not really going to get spoiled on anything like I can't really do that on some Spider-Man stuff because I'll hear about it you know one way or another but if I get like a mini series independent that's I know is ending at issue 12 then you know I'll stop reading at 10 and then let 10, 11, 12 build up and read them as, as a chunk you know and yeah no, I've just got a, a few things that I'll read, and I typically get them read before any kind of spoilers would be out there. I mean, 
back when I was reading stacks of comic books, uh, you know, buying stacks of comics every week. Well, you weren't like going online and getting something spoiled for you right away. First of all, you could read a comic in the time it took you to actually connect to the internet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that wasn't so much of a problem back then. Hoping nobody would pick up the phone while you're on. Yeah. Trying one number on AOL to, to get on, <laughs> and then eventually it would switch over and try the next one that didn't have as many people on. I am thankful that I grew up with, you know, a pre-internet world and also like early internet world of rather than just having the everything. Because you can really appreciate it more. Exactly, yeah. Like I, I'd hate to just think that everything's supposed to be quick and easy and fast. And, and I'll complain about slow internet now, but I do still remember, you know, kind of like, hey, at least it's not... <laughs> dial up slow um but that's but you get used to it really fast like you get a higher speed internet than you had before you get it you're using it you're like this is great it's so much faster now and after a little bit you're like oh why is my internet so slow and in some cases it has slowed down for some reason but in, in many more of the cases you're just used to it and so it seems slower, and you always want it to be faster. And I remember when I first started driving a car. If you've never driven a car before, you know, 25 miles an hour, you feel like you're flying, you know. And, uh, you know, you get behind that wheel, and it's like you're cruising down a side street, you know, uh, going probably 20 miles an hour, because even though the speed limit's 25, most people go less than 25 on those roads. If you go 25 miles an hour, you know, you got moms yelling at you, slow down, there's kids on this road. It's like, Christ, I am doing the speed limit. Um, but uh, but when you've never driven it, it seems like it's really fast. Um, once you've been driving for years, you're on the freeway and you're going 70 miles an hour and you're like, you know, you're like bitching because the people in front of you are going too slow and you want, uh, we're going so slow here. In fact, that was one of the issues with bumping the speed limit up to 70 on, uh, on the freeway is because people were just going to use it as an excuse to drive. Well, when the speed limit was 65, I used to do 75, 80 miles an hour. And now I can do, you know, 85, 80, or 90. 90, you know. And yeah. people do. I hear people talk about that. Well, I was doing 90. Yeah, it gets pretty crazy on uh, Chicago because then you'll start having some 80-mile-per-hour speed limits and highways and all that stuff because of the 70. Then those bumped up a little more, and it's just crazy when you, you're already going like 80, and then you see someone... And you got the Chicago drivers that are you know, like all of a sudden doing instant lane change, no signal or anything. Uh, they don't check their blind spots. Oh, yeah, I love driving. They sweep, there. you know, they sweep through three lanes without right. any. Right. Oh, I got to be over there, and now I am. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. <laughs> I 
Yeah, I've said it. Next time I go down to Chicago for anything, I am not driving. I, I'll go down with somebody, but I I don't like driving down there. I haven't Actually, uh, riding with other people seems seems better. Um, when we cut through there, when I went to Indiana for that thing for work, mm-hmm. uh, we went through Chicago. And on the way back, went through Chicago. I wasn't driving in it. I I thought it was actually fine. Although I have been the passenger driving through there and you still like see people doing that stuff where they're you know, three lanes over at a time, no signal, no warning or anything, not checking their blind spots. You know, and you would see that constantly. The last time I didn't even see that much of it, so uh must have just been the right time of day or Everybody on the road at that time was not from Illinois. Yeah, I haven't done I haven't done as many Chicago events as I have in the last like year here, but uh, just for money purposes and this and that, and you know certain signings and premiere like things where I'm just like you know I don't need to go to that concert that I've seen before, blah blah blah. But so many times when I would go to Chicago based on the time that I'd be swinging back through it, just like it was always such an easy drive. Like every time I went, I pretty much got away from the bad times for the traffic. So I was able just to have a normal trip for the most part. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's crazy when you leave, if you're downtown Chicago, let's say it's at eight o'clock, nine o'clock downtown, you get out of your event, you get to your car and it always takes so long on the way down there as you're getting off on the right exit and turning this street and that street, but it always seems like it's just a 30 second jump to you're on the highway and you're out of there when you're on the way home from it. And it's almost even crazier for the traffic because when it's at night, it seems like there's less rules. Everyone's just kind of, you know, it's also like all the lines just disappear and then everyone's just kind of wherever, but I've never even though that's happened, I've never felt like I was like, it was more hectic. Like it seemed more hectic when it was daytime and people are, you know, driving stuff. But at night when it seems like they're driving more wild, it seems like, I don't know, somehow easier. And then you jump onto the highway and then once you hit the, once you hit the 94, 294, whatever, you know, just, you're just on the one highway all the way back and you don't have to do anything other than just follow every Wisconsin thing you see and you just kind of go on autopilot. But I've had so many of those that it's like that thing when you're driving and you're just either zoned out or you're listening to music or podcasts or something and then you like forget that you're driving. So I've had so many of those on driving back from Chicago at night and also realizing, you know, it's like, a little over midnight and I just got home and I'm just like, I don't remember going How through. did I get here? Like, I don't remember going through Milwaukee. Like, I'm just listening to podcasts and I'm just on autopilot. Not like falling asleep or anything, but I just just realized like I remember approaching like Racine and then everything from Racine to West Bend just was completely uh, I completely didn't even remember. So, And it sounds really scary, you know, to, to think about driving without realizing it yeah. and, and everything 
But I, I think when people drive like that, like when I drive like that, I still, I don't think that I was like not conscious or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I use the, the autopilot term all the time. Um, but I think I still am paying attention. I would still hit the brakes if I needed to or, or whatever. I still feel like I am a good driver. It's just that and if are not really paying attention to what you're driving through. You've done it so much that it just you just get in the zone. It's like when you eat a pizza on a Wednesday, it's just like before you know it, like I don't remember eating, I don't remember eating five pizza. slices there. Yeah. Really? I guess I did. My gut's telling me I did, but <laughs> um I I do that driving to town or driving to work or whatever. Or if I if I'm driving somewhere that I take a similar path that I'd be going to like going to work. Um, but I have to make a stop or whatever. If I'm not like reminding myself that I have to do that, I, I will drive like I'm going to work instead because then I'm on autopilot and I've got that, um, that course locked into, you know, my, my memory so well that if I'm not consciously thinking, okay, I have to turn here instead, I will just stay on. I, I've done that where it's like, oh, I got to stop at the bank on my way to work because uh, I, I really need to make a deposit today or whatever. And I'll be driving. Well, there's there's a bank kind of on my way to work, but I'd have to take a turn uh, one direction versus another at, at a at an intersection and I've done that several times now where I turned the wrong way and I go about a block and I'm like oh crap I was supposed to go to the bank but I was on autopilot Domino's. Domino's yeah wait I don't work at that oh um yeah, something so yeah to that. I've had that where driving back from Fond du Lac a couple times and just zoning out, going to speed limit, following the rules, but just zoning out and forgetting that I have you know to get off on the correct exit, and then I find myself up to Highway D, so I've kind of going past, and then now I'm in my, I'm still in a decent part where I can just take that and just mm-hmm. you know, but I've done that so many times where I'm just like, oh yeah. Uh, I guess I I actually did that twice <laughs> yesterday. Yesterday I had to run uh, up to I had to go to Lapan and I had to go to Fond du Lac mm. uh, for work. And so I was driving. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop. Well, I had to hit Brownsville, Lapan, yep. and Fond du Lac, and I was going to do it in that order. And I was driving, driving, and driving, 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 and. Uh, you know, just kind of zoning out or whatever and not really thinking about it. And I even uh, remember going past this, the stop uh, for Highway uh, 67 at Lomira. Yeah. And then the next one past that is the, the exit for Brownsville. So I'm like, okay, here's Lomira. It's the next exit. And I just was kind of zoning out right after that. And all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I'm in the left lane or... Uh, yeah, 
because um, I was going faster than, yeah. than other people, you know, so I was over in the left lane. And uh, all of a sudden I look over and I'm, well, that was the exit that I was just supposed to get off of. I, I was just that quick, zoned out. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll ground it backwards and I'll go to Fond du Lac and then we'll find Brownsville or whatever. And uh, so then I got to Fond du Lac and I'm like, okay, I got to get off on Highway 23, yep. the Johnson Street. Get off on Johnson. Yep. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, did it again. I'm like, I knew it was coming up, but I zoned out and I'm like, oh crap, that's, <laughs> that's John. I was supposed to get off there. And, uh, but the next exit isn't for where I was going. It was north of Johnson. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I was so able to get a, off at the next one. And, you had a safety and it was of... it wasn't that that bad. It's not like I went really far. Out but of you way. did that twice in a row that you're just. But twice in the same day that I did. The same and then thing. it happened a third time. You're like, how did I get in Green Bay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's just the next exit. It's only like a mile down the road. Yeah, and I'm like, welcome to Canada. It's probably more of that, you know, every mile of drive you take a drink. You yeah. Know. Really got to stop that. Yeah, trying to hydrate. <laughs> See, and while you were saying all those, I was thinking of all the restaurants in those areas of just like, well, there's pizza, there's the awesomest pizza ranches in Wapan because they have a big game. I think I just mentioned that. I think I just talked about that not re- you know not too long ago. Big arcade, but then you know I, when I think about going Fazoli's and uh, you know taking the exit, uh, the Johnson exit, um, Fazoli's is right there. I love Fazoli's. Ever been? I have not. I know right where they are, I, but I've never been there. It's you get it's it's one of the best values to get so much food. For a very good price, and it's very good. Like I feel like they should charge me more. I'm not gonna tell them but, that. Hey, you want to charge me more? This, you know, yeah, this, this is a is, great deal. But like, I'll get like a classic sampler platter, which is usually my go-to. You get some fettuccine alfredo, you get a, a piece of lasagna, and you get some spaghetti. A pizza lasagna. A pizza lasagna. <laughs> get some more pizzasta. <laughs> um, well. It's, well, then, so lasagna, spaghetti, and fettuccine alfredo. And then they'll give you a choice of a slice of pizza or salad. So, of course, I always get pizza. They get the salad pizza or the pizza salad. Yeah, yeah. And then it is basically unlimited breadsticks. They usually give you two per entree, and then they come around with a basket. It's you can... basically unlimited, but don't push it. Yeah, I mean... Technically, you, you don't, don't want to be that guy that gets kicked out for eating too many all-you-can-eat breadsticks. So, in high school, we'd go to Fazoli's a lot, and there was somebody that was probably our age, a young girl that was working. You know, we're in high school. She was probably high school age, and she would come around. We had a group of, like, you know, five or six guys there, and, uh, you know, she'd come around with the breadstick basket and be like, oh, who wants more breadsticks? And, of course, we're all taking, like, at least three to four each. And, and then, uh, she would, we always kind of joked that wondering if she was flirting with us because she would say, Oh, if you want more breadsticks, just ask for the rack in the back. Mm-hmm. And we would take that to a certain, you know, start de- defining what that means. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> which we won't go into on this podcast. Yeah. Cause 
uh, it's not the explicit one. Oh wait, it is. Oh, it is. Uh, um, I was gonna say which one. But, are I, we but I, I, I think we know what. Yeah, yeah. So what the rack in the back. Uh, yeah, you want the rack in the back? And she said that specifically to uh, one of the friends, Tim, and uh, we would just like always kind of joke about that, like telling him to go going back for the rack and and. Uh, but essentially, you know, it was unlimited breadsticks. And then as the years would go on, you know, prices going up everywhere, gas, food, everything. Um, the price of the rack in the back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you would start to see that they would start you off with two, and they wouldn't show up as many times as they used to when they'd walk around because they specifically had a breadstick person carrying a basket with some tongs and came around. And they were like piping hot, super soft, and but Fazoli's is a. I'm I'm glad it's in Fond du Lac because if it was here, like when I'm making comic, we'd shop be having visits, Fazoli Wednesdays. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of stuff on their menu too. So I mean, it definitely is a good choice. But I know I would just because of the quantity and the quality is way up there, but it's it's ridiculous how much food. Every time I get there and I have that sample platter, a bunch of breadsticks, the pizza slice, and I'm sitting there and I am just stuffed and it's like eight bucks. And I just feel like I ate, you know, four rounds at the buffet or something. So, oh, Tammy uh, loves uh, Mancino's. Okay. Up there. So a lot of times if we're up in Fond du Lac for some reason, somehow it'll get turned into, uh, hey, let's stop at Mancino's. Uh, one of these times it's definitely like yeah I think they're closed today yeah yeah it's but, Sunday, uh, Sunday. Fazoli's yeah. and there's a there's a few places that uh, that I've had people recommend to me up in Fond du Lac that I should uh, go eat there and, but I just Friar I'm, Tuck's one of them I'm not up there that much um, I see that all the time I go by that all the time when I am up there it's a mineshaft esque okay. type of Place. And I've heard a couple guys that I work with too that are you know, would be in that area and be like, oh yeah, we went to Fryer Tucks for lunch. Uh, but yeah, never been there. I have no idea what the inside of the place looks like and uh, what what kind of food they serve. Yeah, you feel else. yeah. It's I think from my memory, kind of like very dimly lit. You know, I don't it think lo- it's, it looks like it would be. Yeah, like definitely the outside decor, but like the inside. I don't think there's any, like, crazy themes, like, you know, you're not having, like, you have to, like, you're given a robe or you have to tie it with a, with a rope, you know, or something, you know. Shaving the top of your head. <laughs> yeah. And... That's how, I, that's why I have this, because oh. I got fryer tux. But, yeah. I think you can just merge the two places and go to Father Frizzoli's. <laughs> she actually sounds like, you know, the guy that was running your school or something, you know. <laughs> Catholic school. Uh, yeah, and then I got sent to Father Frizzoli's office. <laughs> Told me I couldn't have Stromboli for the next month. Going back to Holy Trinity, I, I'm a big Rice Krispie treat fan. That's like my favorite dessert when it comes to anything. And uh, when they would have Rice Krispie desserts up there, um, I was pretty friendly with the with the lunch ladies. Um, I've just known them forever and I still see one of them casually, you know, she doesn't work there anymore, but I see her on a regular basis shopping and stuff. And 
Um, it wasn't her that said it. One that, unfortunately, she, I think she passed away maybe a year or two ago. Um, I would have, like, one of the last lunch periods, I think, and I, like, kept going up. So, like, it was kind of like, you know, they're just trying to get rid of everything that's left over. And when you're, like, the upperclassman and you're, like, the second lunch or something, you know, you have the benefits of basically getting a lot more for what you paid for. And uh, I remember going back for so many Rice Krispie Squares. And uh, <laughs> there's it's actually, there, there's two parts to the story. So the first part is me going up there so many times. Let's say I had eight Rice Krispie Squares. And the lunch lady was just like, pretty soon you're going to turn into a Rice Krispie Square. And I'm like, ah, give me it, you know. And uh, stop messing around. I need my Rice Krispie Square. That joke was Rice Krispie Square. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and uh, so I ate a lot of them that day. And then I remember, you know, you go back for another class or two. And then at the end of that particular day, we had a pep rally, which would happen downstairs in the church basement. And we had a pep rally. All that was going on. And as we were lining up to go back to school to be done for the end of the day, I remember standing in line next to my friend Dan, and uh, I'm just kind of like going talking about zoning out, and I'm just kind of standing there, and he's kind of looking at me. We're all kind of like fake wrestling and punching each other, and I'm just kind of like getting punched a little bit, and I'm like, ah, I'm like, yeah, don't do that, and I'm just like, I don't want to play, you know, and and you know still getting kind of punched in the side and i'm just like seriously i'm like i'm gonna feel too good yeah don't don't hit me get, eat rice krispie treats man yeah well i yeah. did get hit and then finally i'm just like seriously i don't and then i just relfed uh, <laughs> it was snapping and crackling and popping <laughs> It was just one of those where like i remember it happening people stepping away and me just going I told you. <laughs> like, I wasn't. And he's like, oh man. He's like, I thought you were just kidding. I'm just like, I told you I wasn't feeling good. And he punched me, anyways. And I would say that, much like Ted Mosby on How I Met Your Mother, he's very proud of uh, being vomit free since 93 was his thing. And then there was an episode where he was wondering if he had a drunken night and he was trying to trace back to see if he threw up and broke his like 20 year, you know, no vomit streak. And uh, I, uh, I would say I like at home anywhere else. I was always fine, but I don't know if it was just the Catholic Church that brought it out in me. But I remember like three or four like throw up. Like Catholic school <laughs> just brings out the vomiting. <laughs> that was uh, a new slogan, I think. But like I remember one like first grade being first row because each grades were in the rows of the pews. First grade being the first row. And I remember just throwing up during mass and then just being like, being like taken out to the back of the church as if like it was like I was in trouble. Well, yeah, they're taking you to the exorcist. Yeah. Like I remember just Get getting behind like, me, Satan. I, <laughs> I remember just my shirt being grabbed and just being dragged. And I'm just like, I'm just like. It's right out in the dumpster. Yeah. Sleep it off. <laughs> <laughs> like. In first grade, and I just threw up at church. I'm just like, I feel like I just I'm getting expelled or something, and uh, getting the demons expelled. <laughs> I've exercised the demon. Uh, this boy is clear. Um, but yeah, I remember that happening. The one getting punched with the Rice Krispie Square throw up, and 
I had a couple of them that, but I would never, you know, at home and just even ever since I'm like, I don't. You ever had in, in, and you still enjoy Rice Krispie? Honestly, I'm getting one right after the fudge-covered peanut butter one. Yes, gas station. I'm seeing more and more gas stations are, are selling their their own versions of those things. Uh, and traditionally, even though that one's amazing, I would take just a plain old Rice Krispie Square homemade one more than anything. Although the Kellogg's ones that come in those bright blue packages, yeah, I don't like those. I'll eat it if I, it's there. You know, I, I agree. I don't buy them. They're I, so the, marshmallowy, like the uh, homemade ones tend to tend to be better. Yeah, I because people would always get them, like you know, for my birthday and stuff, because they knew I like British crispy squares, and I I'm not in that position to be like, oh, I'm like actually don't like these, like yeah. make me a pan, you know, you know, I yeah, um, but no, a lot of people. Um, I've had the problem, a couple of things that I've thrown up, like, um, being sick as a kid, um, you know, throwing up, you know, vomiting certain things and then just not wanting to eat them anymore. And I've known other people that, uh, had the same thing. Like I know my mom always said that she didn't like beets because she got sick and she threw up beets and it was all red and, you know, just everything. The image and the smell of Um, that is, um, I still... I'm I'm not a mac and cheese eater. Oh. I had a an experience with the uh, <laughs> vomiting after oh, eating some macaroni and cheese and I just I just never cared for it after it brings that. You back to those memories. Um, and... You know, and then and then here I am, I'm a kid. I think my mom was at work and uh my dad was was home, but I I threw up like mac and cheese all over Almost made it, you know, I was in the bathroom, almost made it to the toilet, and I just uh, didn't quite make it. It's all over the bathroom floor, mac and cheese vomit, and uh, and my dad, you know, worthless, um, he, he wouldn't clean it up. He made me clean it up, you know. That's uh, your punishment had to for... Clean it, yeah, because he said, uh, he, well, he couldn't stand vomit. Vomit. He's like, I can't stand the smell of vomit. Like, like other people love it, you know. Oh yeah, they're it's like, great. Ah, try my new eau de vomit, you know, perfume, you know, because it turns on all the men. Um, but you know, nobody likes the smell of vomit. Everybody who smells vomit kind of goes, Oh, I'm gonna like kind of gag. But he made it sound like he was the only person like that this happened to. So he would not clean up vomit. Ask your if, mother. She loves it. If one of his five children threw up, he would not clean it up because he amazingly could not stand the smell of it. Um, Weird. But, uh, yeah, it's so, such an odd thing. <laughs> um, so so it probably is that not only was I sick and you know, threw it up, but then I had to clean it up everything afterwards um and i think my one sister came in and helped me um but uh but yeah not a mac and cheese fan but i can tell you the worst thing that i have ever vomited oh boy um that was just really bad because it was a really difficult thing <laughs> to vomit i don't know where this is going peanut butter Ugh. I must okay. have uh, eaten. <laughs> now I've never found peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to be filling. So if I'm eating peanut butter and jelly, 
I, I have a few of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so I probably have I'll a lot of them. I'll eat it until you throw up. Yeah, I'll eat it until I throw up. <laughs> um, but, and that's what it was was like. And it's like, I had gone to bed, so I threw up in my bed. You know, I woke, I woke up vomiting peanut butter. <laughs> and it's oh. thick and it's, I mean, it's like... You're like, were those peanuts in there before? It's like, well, it wasn't chunky when I ate it. <laughs> but it is, because it, it is like throwing up peanut butter. You feel like you have a bucket of peanut butter coming out of you. Um, Normally, that's like my dream. <laughs> Sign me up. Coming out of you? <laughs> well, I was going to say about the mac and cheese thing. I love mac and cheese so much that if I threw it up, I'd just put it right back <laughs> in the bowl. And I got to clean seconds. it up. <laughs> Looks I've, the same. I've already had it twice. <laughs> Let's go for the time. Looks the same. <laughs> but yeah, peanut butter is an interesting... Uh, That's a little extra tangy this time. <laughs> yeah, uh... I actually didn't eat peanut butter for uh, for a few years after after that, and eventually uh, I could start eating peanut butter. It started off with like is uh, the the peanut butter in candy, like Reese's peanut butter cups and that kind yeah. of that peanut butter is different. Yeah, you know, similar flavor, of course. You don't taste peanut butter, but the the texture, consistency, not, and everything yeah. is different. And um, so even that I didn't want for a while, but that's kind of how I started getting back to peanut butter. It's like, okay, well, candy, I'll have it. And it's like, okay, this is fine. And uh, so even, you know, another year or so where I could eat that, you know, it still took a while after that before I could eat actual peanut butter. And then it was fine. You know, I can, I can eat peanut butter without any problems now. Uh, I would certainly hate to have peanut butter vomit again but uh but still to this day i just not crazy about mac and cheese i probably have peanut butter on a daily basis whether like i always have jars of it and whether it's like a quick snack and you take a spoonful or two just eat it out of the the jar just sit there some people do that as, as a snack um some some diets and stuff like that actually recommend it as a snack because it's it's protein it's okay. supposed to be filling and uh, stuff like that. Some people even suggest, you know, throwing, you know, just a couple chocolate chips on it for a snack. See, sometimes uh, I'll, uh, I'll normally get like Nature Valley granola bars, and then I'll slather some peanut butter on top of that. So it's peanut butter on top of peanut butter sometimes, if based on my choice. But yeah, I, I, I don't sit down and just spoonful it out, but I'll stand up, you know, have a spoonful or two, be done with it. But, uh, and then I like mac and cheese a lot too. So next time I approach both of those items, it'll be an interesting experience. Now having gotten these stories, yeah. I mean, I, I went from not being able to eat peanut butter to trying peanut butter on a burger. So ah, yeah, that's so, a big big leap there. Which, so which could have. I think some people would hear about that or even see what it looked like and and want to vomit because uh, it doesn't look yeah great, weird warm melty yeah. peanut butter you know dripping off of a burger looks a little be like did david throw up on my burger yeah 
something with a PB and J earlier and um going off uh that tangent uh peanut butter burger. Oh, it's if you had spread cheese on a burger at all. Like spreadable cheese. Like cold pack spread cheese. Uh no. I love that's another one of my all time. I've always I always associated with holidays growing up. I'd always be at my grandma's house for Christmas and you know, I had the sharp cheddar spread cheese jar right. there. And when I became an adult, started, you know, making my own pay, pay and have paychecks, blah, blah, blah. I started realizing that I could have it year round if I wanted to. <laughs> Which is what I say to a lot of people about Thanksgiving, you know, like, oh man, Thanksgiving should be more often. Like, well, all that stuff is available year round no matter what. Um, so you can technically yeah, have. I, I never eat that stuff. Um, which I, I really like that. But I just never eat it. Yeah, put it on a crack. Because I don't care that much about eating anything with, with crackers. But that I will use with crackers. You could skip the crackers and just give me a spoon. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll eat it that way. But it's one of those things where I would stick the cracker in there and I would just load that cracker yeah. up. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that'll be like my go-to. Like I can recommend some. There's a Pine River um, aged uh, aged cheddar that's uh, really damn good that I have at the store. But I'm trying to think if I maybe I haven't brought them here because normally it's my go-to bringing those to party events, gatherings, Jacob's birthdays, things like that. Yeah. Um, but I probably haven't brought them here just because of like having a knife and cleaning it, even though we have a restroom that I could wash it, you know, clean the utensil. Cause sometimes when you have a dried, yeah, just kind of spread cheese in the toilet. If, yeah. You know, <laughs> in between uses. <laughs> when there's a dried, when you let a knife go and there's a dried spread cheese on there, it just, uh, it's a whole other chore, but I'm surprised that I actually, it's well, well, you know, we've got plasticware. We've got the uh, that's the true. And some of those, some you could I want to. I want to do a party now. Let's have some event just so that we can have some spreadable cheese. And I'll here. bring them. I don't. I honestly don't know. I'm blowing my own mind here that I haven't brought them because it's my go-to. Whenever is, is there is anybody not getting married in the comic right now? Um, <laughs> yeah, man. We'll have a, we'll have we can celebrate party. the one-year anniversary of the Rogue and Gambit's wedding. <laughs> I can buy a cake, I can bring some spread cheese, or I could just do it on, you know, Wednesdays and Saturdays. There we go. But yeah, spread cheese is my jam. But we'll, we'll just jam. bring we'll just bring <laughs> uh bring in like a Wednesday or something. We'll just have uh several samples here. We'll sit here and we'll just yeah. sample uh sample spread cheese right out. I've got a couple it's brands. A it's a cheese eating sampling. Exactly. Yeah. And uh um so going back to it. Spread cheese on a burger. A, it makes more sense than peanut butter, like just because you're cheese based. Yeah. But it does. Sometimes I can just coat it on the burger, or I coat the top or the bottom of the bun, and then let everything else kind of melt in. Because when the the heat of the burger touches that spread cheese and it starts to loosen <laughs> loosen up, <laughs> you get some loose cheese. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, somebody oh, turned on a fan. You got some loose cheese, uh. some loose ass cheese. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that uh, I didn't realize the time until right now. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Oh, Lucy asked you. Oh, look at the time. Uh, <laughs> gotta go. And <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go. You gotta go. <laughs> but and it's uh. She starts to loosen up a little bit. And <laughs> it's time. So spreadsheet. There's one other thing I think I was gonna mention, but I can't remember it's now. Spread cheeks. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I I am legitimately shocked that I've never brought because it is always my like I don't even have to say it my sister-in-laws will just know like oh yeah Anthony's gonna bring oh yeah crackers when you said crackers the final story to go out on here uh going back to the Christmas uh at my grandma's and the whole you know cousins and everybody we'd all be there couple you know there's one room with the tv living room my parents just or my grandparents just had a smaller living room and you know the kids would run off there and watch tv while the adults were just in the common talking room living room and stuff and uh and since i love myself some cheese and crackers i just devoured it because i was like felt like the only time i would get it would be at christmas and you're gonna have to edit a pause in there so you say i love myself (laughs) (laughs) hey Love yourself first, and, uh, and because yeah. I love myself. Yes. Anyways, uh, we would be watching TV, and maybe some of the you know older cousins would be in there, and I don't remember what would be on, but maybe like a PG thirteen movie was on. <laughs> Softcore. <laughs> yeah. And maybe there'd be a start to be a kissing scene. I'm saying I'm probably like a child's six, play. Yeah. I'm maybe in that six to eight year old range. My cousins will probably say I was probably fourteen or something, but. Whenever there would be like some intimate scenes going on in the TV and you're sitting around in the room, all the cousins are watching the TV and a scene like that pops up, my go-to line was, yeah, I'm going to get some crackers. And I would get up and everyone would laugh being like, oh, and they'd go, crackers, crackers. So I would be outside the room and if there was something that was, you know, quote-unquote naughty or, you know, adult they would just say, hey, crackers, where's crackers? And because that was always my go-to, like, I can get some crackers. <laughs> and that got me out of awkward situations of, like, sitting there watching that stuff with, you know, with the cousins or something. And I'm talking 25 years ago, and it'll still be if when I'm rooming with these same cousins when we go to Comic-Cons and things like that. And, uh, you know, once our joking gets to, you know, not under the cowl level craziness but you know we get to a certain level um past the comic club you know level of humor um and we'll still end up saying or i'll just say i'm like yeah i gotta get some crackers just as a joke or or they'll just be like oh crackers crackers so (laughs) yeah so great (laughs) i i can just picture you know captain america yeah. Oh, crackers! <laughs> I, now I gotta do an edit of that, you know. <laughs> language. Maybe just edit crackers. Crackers. Thank you for listening to Under the Cowl. I've been your host, David Lloyd. Under the Cowl is recorded live at. Crimson Cowl Comics and Collectibles at 1749 Barton Avenue, West Bend, Wisconsin. 
you can join us live each week or listen on Automatic and iTunes. Like us on Facebook at Crimson Cowl Comics or on Twitter at The Crimson Cowl. Skip by the fact that Captain America said crackers. <laughs> uh, you know, nobody else would get that, but that would be great to just have an edited version. Of that. The rest yeah. of the movie's fine, but that's in just there and you're watching that. it with your cousins. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say crackers? Uh, yeah.